This is Ashley Hodge joined by Kendall Cout. Ring before spring. It's it's uh, time. It's time, Kendall. We got the uh, the big dance. This is no longer a situation where you can afford to uh, slip up. You lose and your season's done. You win, you advance. You got to win six to win the national championship. We've done it before. Can we do it again? That's the million-dollar question. What, do you, what say you, Kendall? You know, obviously you would take the field over Baylor. It's not 2021. Uh, but nobody's excellent. This Alabama hype's gotten way out of control after what you beat Texas A&M in a basketball game. Who cares? Don't care about this. If Marcus Sasser can't go, to me, Houston is the best team in the country when healthy. But if Sasser can't go, we'll see. And KU just got pounded by Texas. So the tournament's there to be taken by somebody goofy. That kind of makes me scared. This is UConn National Championship year. Oh, it seems like they win it yeah. every time it's ready to be taken in a stupid year. But uh, Baylor could do it. They could also lose the first game. This is the most uncertainty I've ever felt about a Baylor team coming into March. But then again, I felt pretty certain Baylor beat Georgia State. So maybe that's good that I am uh, less certain about this one. Kind of how do you feel right now, Ashley? I can't be confident. I mean, you know, the, the, the concerns that I have have not gone away. The competitive grit, the fire, the, the terrible performances we saw from that standpoint in the, in the Big 12 championship. I mean, offensively, we were pretty efficient, except for the early six turnovers we decided to, you know, basically give Iowa State the ball on six of our first eight possessions of that game. But, um, you know, the offensive rebounding wasn't good, but but we made shots. But defensively, man, we just gave up so much easy stuff and, and just got killed on the defensive glass. I thought we were getting better in those areas and, and really regressed. Uh, so you can't be confident because of those things. We're going to play some tough teams uh, to, to get to the Final Four if we are blessed to do that. And, I you know, I think we just haven't really consistently shown that toughness that, that's needed uh, to win six games in a row. But, hey – Strange things happen. We got a great offense. We can put points up with the best of them. And uh, maybe we'll see something different from a defensive mindset uh, now that it is uh, truly survive in advance. And, uh, you know, I think Adam Flagler is a veteran guy. I trust him a lot. I like Jalen Bridges. I like what he's doing. LJ Cryer, we know he's consistent and can score. Uh, Keontae George gives us tremendous upside. Flo Thamba's been through the wars. He's had some – Huge moments this year. You know, I think back to the Gonzaga game where he just really shut down Drew Timmy. And then the Texas game gives us 12 and 12, if, if memory serves me right. Uh, so he's capable of some really big performances. Uh, Jonathan Chamachachua is a uh, outlier. We might get some some really good stuff there. Langston Love, Dale Bonner. I mean, we got the pieces. We, 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 we're healthy. There's a lot to like, but uh, something seems to be missing. And I hope we can put it all together for a magical run. It's It's really fun. If you get to that, you know, second weekend, uh, go to Louisville. That would be a blast. And then, you know, anything can happen if you uh, get some momentum here and can can you know start to play better basketball. Uh, what, what do you think about this matchup with Cal State or not? Not Cal State Fullerton, Cal State uh, or University of California at Santa Barbara. I'm watching their championship game against uh, Cal State Fullerton as we speak. So, th- so the Gauchos in, end up 27 and seven. I believe they won eight in a row. Uh, interesting team. You know, they move the ball really well. I'm very impressed with their ball movement. Uh, they don't play the grittiest defense either, so it, it might be a game. Ken Palm and all the uh, advanced metrics predict that, you know, it'll be somewhere in the 70s, but I wouldn't be surprised if it's even in the 80s uh, given our defensive uh, inefficiencies. Could be, actually. I think I'm looking at a little bit lower scoring game because if you're UC Santa Barbara, I think you really want to slow the game down. Fewer possessions means more variance. Baylor, UC Santa Barbara played 10 times. Baylor should at least win nine of them. I know Ken Palm 
would say UC Santa Barbara has a 22% chance to win. Uh, I watch their championship game. I look at the stats. A few things stand out to me about UC Santa Barbara. Number one, I don't want to hear any spins on if Baylor loses this game. I like the Baylor staff. I think I wrote a nice article saying I like the guys. I like the players. Um, but they're going to feel real bad if they lose this one, and they should. Oh, they just yeah. don't have any business losing to this team. Yep. I look at their non-conference schedule and their conference schedule. I have never in my years watching college basketball and being a nerd who looks at Ken Palm had any memory of a team who has failed to play a single top 95 Ken Palm team. <laughs> like, this is just unbelievable. I yeah, UC Irvine is the highest-rated team, right? And I, I, it behooves yep. me how anyone could even say it's better than this. Like, their best non-con win, I guess, is maybe – Pepperdine, uh, maybe yeah. Appalachian State. State. Like, this is the worst non-con I've ever seen in my life. Right. And then the Big West is not an elite conference uh, by any stretch. They split with UC Irvine, who is their only top 100 Ken Palm opponent. Right. Uh, and their team is ranked 99 right. on Ken Palm. So it's not a battle-tested team. And so if you're Baylor, you need to come out here, and Keontae George needs to explode to the hoop. Uh, LJ Cryer needs to take and make some threes in transition, and Baylor needs to push the ball and get out in space. Uh, but there's just no spin zone for this one. I, the one thing I will say, I always get after, I would like to see Baylor play more teams in this UC Santa Barbara range. And you can be fair on this one. Yeah. Until UC Santa Barbara would never schedule Baylor because they don't play real teams. Right. Conceded. But it would be nice for to me if Baylor played more Wofford-style teams that are in yep. that 100 to 150 range. So you get a sense of what's it like to play these teams that are clearly not as good as any team you played in the Big 12, right. but are so much better than all these swag teams that Baylor runs through. So hopefully that doesn't end up harming Baylor. But when I watched their championship game uh, in the Big West tournament this morning, Ashley, what struck out to me is that obviously their point guard, uh, Ajay Mitchell, is a very good player. He's 6'5". He can run around screens pretty well, so Baylor will have to make sure when they set screens that bigs are setting them both hard and getting set so that both Amba or John don't pick up early fouls. But he's not a great three-point shooter. Second thing, though, is that they have a big man uh, named Miles Norris who normally plays the four. Yep. If I'm UC Santa Barbara, I get funky and put him at the five and gamble that Flo Thamba and Jonathan Chamwa Chachua cannot defend him in space. My kind of thing for Baylor is, if UC Santa Barbara gets funky, Baylor should get funky right back. If UC Santa Barbara doesn't want to play a real center, I'd have no problem playing Jalen Bridges at the five, especially if Langston Love can go. Yep. And then you've got Dale Bonner, Langston Love, Adam Flagler, LJ Crair, and Keontae George. But I just don't want to see Baylor get stuck on, hey, we're Baylor, we're better, let's just run what we normally run. I, I think you got to be willing to get funky with funky. Uh, but if, you know... I'm flying out to Denver. I got my credential approved already. I'm excited to cover this tournament. Uh, but I, if we're only in Denver for one day of actual basketball, it's going to be a pretty tough spin zone against the like the guy, so root for him. We all have bad days, but you really can't spin losing to UC Santa Barbara. That's where I'm at, Ashley. Yeah, I agree. Uh, that's a game you got to win. And uh, we certainly have some you know, examples in the last 10 years where as a three seed or a four seed, we've we've lost games in that first round. So – uh, those are, you know, some warnings that hopefully are heated and, you know, we, we come out and, and really play with our hair on fire because everyone's going to play hard now. I mean, it's it's like there's no excuse. If if you're flat, that's on you. You know, you got you to come out and play loose and play have fun, uh, but you got to play with maximum energy and focus for 40 minutes. Uh, let's say that Baylor does win this game. They're favored to win it, you know, by like nine or ten points. If if the uh, next game is the winner of Creighton NC State, uh, we talked before we started rolling the pod, and and we we've both watched Creighton several times. I've watched only a little bit of NC State. I, I watched them, you know, beat North Carolina. 
what's what's your take on uh, that matchup? Let's let's say it's it holds to chalk and and uh, Creighton ends up winning that game. How do you think the Bears match up against Creighton? Creighton's a scary opponent. I mean, that's a game where I could see Creighton being favored. Ashley between yeah Omaha not being so far from Denver, so probably more mm. of a pro Creighton crowd there. Yep. Second thing is that Creighton actually ranks higher than Baylor on Ken Palm. So I'm guessing if Baylor plays Creighton, that's probably going to be Creighton minus one and a half in terms of the gambling line. Creighton will probably be like a 54% favorite. Uh, when you look at the matchups individually in that game, Creighton went through a lot of losses in a row. In fact, they lost six games in a row in November and December, and they've lost, I think, four of eight, ten this season. So they've had some losses, but almost all their losses have been very close into good teams. They played Texas close earlier in the year. They probably should have beat Arizona. I think that was the Maui Invitational, I want to say. Right. Um, but they've got good players. Ryan Nimhard is a really good player. Baylor Shireman was probably a little overrated, but they shoot the three well. The thing I like for Baylor, though, against Creighton, and why I'm hopeful, is Creighton does not really get up in your face to defend. Right. They're one of the worst teams in the country at forcing turnovers, and they don't foul. They kind of feel like those old Iowa State teams that Fred Hoiberg had with the George Niang, Monte Morris-style crew, where that team wasn't going to get up in your face. They were going to make jump shots. They were still going to play sometimes effective defense, and Creighton ranks effectively on defense. But I don't hate how Baylor matches up. Yeah. I would... Not be shocked at all if Creighton won, but I don't hate how Baylor matches up with Creighton. I thought I'd much rather play Creighton if I'm Baylor than play Duke, so I don't hate this matchup for the Bears. Yeah, what's interesting about Creighton is, like you said, they're one of the very worst teams in the in all of college basketball at forcing turnovers, but they are not very good on the offensive glass. They're terrific on the defensive glass, number 13th in uh, defensive rebounding efficiency. So it's kind of like strength versus weakness, uh, you know, and that from that matchup standpoint. Uh, but uh, you know, they they've got a really effective seven footer. They've got Francisco Farabello coming off the bench. Um, he's been terrible. <laughs> <laughs> he was bad at TCU, but he's gotten worse uh, somehow. No, but he doesn't play as much. It's it's mainly they they rely on their starters a lot, and uh, they've got they've got more athleticism. You know, I think. Some Baylor fans just automatically think, oh, Creighton, yeah, we blew them out by 30, you know, back in the day. You know, they were really good, and then they they, they faced Baylor. That was a totally different uh, team from an athletic standpoint. This team is much more athletic. Uh, you know, Kaluma is, is a good athlete. Trey Alexander is a good athlete. You know, Baylor Shireman is just really crafty. Uh, six seven's got some good size. And then Ryan Nimbar is a quick point guard. And then, of course, uh, their center – is a you know a really efficient player, one of the best centers in in the country. So yeah, they're they're tough from a from a matchup standpoint. If you if you get them to the bench, then I think you know that's a big advantage. You know, so if, hopefully that's a game where our depth will make a will make an impact, and and maybe they'll call it you know a little closer, and and you know guys get in foul trouble. I'm fine with that. You know, I think that that's a game where the uglier it is, the better, the more it favors Baylor just because Baylor has better depth. Agreed. You don't want Creighton cutting all over the floor, getting easy passes. Right. This UC Santa Barbara, as many possessions as possible are good. Creighton, ugly, I agree with you, is good against Creighton. And that was a bad draw for Baylor in the sixth spot as a sixth seed because clearly Creighton was underseeded by their losses. But my problem with the selection committee, actually, when I get to kind of thinking about this is it just doesn't make sense that Alabama would be the number one overall seed because KU had a much better resume. Right. Houston pounded them in the efficiency metrics. And then it doesn't make sense that Creighton's a six seed because it just felt like the committee sometimes liked Ken Palm and sometimes didn't, right? Mizzou, yeah. like Ken Palm, doesn't belong in the field, but the committee ranks him as a seven seed. Right. Uh, because they had the wins to still make the tournament by traditional resume metrics. But I felt like it was very inconsistently applied. So 
you know, if they lose to Creighton, you can say, hey, rough draw, shouldn't have had the draw. But at the same time, this is what happens when you lose a few games you probably should have won. Yep. You put yourself in this spot. If you feel like you're a national champion, you got to be good enough to beat a team like Creighton. So embrace the challenge. Sunday in Denver, see how it goes. Uh, I'm not fatalistic about this game, but I wouldn't be shocked if Baylor lost it either. Yeah, I feel the same way. And, you know, they, they're they another team. They won their first game in the Big East uh, Conference Tournament. They, you know, beat Villanova soundly, 87-74, to which is, which is a better win than it sounds because – uh, Villanova was at full strength. Justin Moore had returned, and uh, they they were a lot better team at the end of the year than they were most of the year. They may uh, end up being the NIT champs. Who knows? But uh, I mean, they you know they but they got uh, beat pretty soundly by Creighton. But then Creighton turned around and just got you know totally crushed by Xavier, who who ended up you know losing in, by a pretty wide margin to Marquette in the championship game, uh, and Xavier's down a man you know they uh it was a Fremantle, i think is a guy that was their was their stud that uh is injured and you know can't go uh so anyway that you know i think i think that uh you know creighton is is tough but they're you know they're it's, it's not like they're world beaters you know they're not they're not they're not coming into uh march uh you know with with like winning winning 10 in a row or anything like that you know they've, they've had some inconsistent results uh you know, throughout the year, they play much better at the end of the year after that six-game losing streak that they had at one point in the season. But uh, still, you know, not an insurmountable task. And then if if NC State ends up beating them, which could totally happen, uh, you know, NC State's a you know not the easiest draw for them. Uh, so if that happens, then you know we'll we'll talk about NC State at, at the time. Uh, but you know, they're they're a team out of the ACC that ends up twenty-three and ten. And uh, twelve and eight in the ACC, so they're you know kind of hit or miss. Uh, some really good wins, you know, some really bad losses. Uh, Clemson, you know, twenty five pieced them, and then uh, beat them by twenty six in the uh, ACC tournament. So you know maybe their Clemson is their Iowa State, you know, just a bad matchup for them. Uh, but they played Kansas really tough early in the season, only lost by six there. Uh, so that you know that that's one we can you know focus on if that happens. But uh, Let's say Creighton's the more likely opponent, and you got to beat them to get to Louisville, and then uh, hopefully, uh, you know, you get Arizona. That'd be a fun game, and and then maybe Alabama, you know, to get to the Final Four. So you know, there'll be some high-level games in Louisville if you, if you're able to get there. And let's hope the chalk holds and the Bears are able to uh, survive in advance this weekend. Agreed, Ashley. You're going to be able to make it to Denver, or are you waiting until Louisville? <laughs> Well, I got some issues. Um, I won't go into them on this podcast. Uh, Denver is unlikely due to, due to some extenuating circumstances, but, um, you know, there, it's always possible. I call an audible late last minute and go. Uh, but uh, that that is to be determined. But, yes, I will be in Louisville for sure if we make it there. I respect that. And I will say, I think you got to the Sweet 16 at the last second for Baylor Villanova back in the day. Am I correct about that one? I I did. Um, yeah, so, well, I, I actually, I didn't, I didn't make the first, uh, two rounds in Indianapolis. Um, so I watched those from home and then, uh, you know, I did come for the Villanova game. That was fantastic. Stayed for the Arkansas game and intended, had every intention of flying home after that game. But, uh, as I was checking airfare as Arkansas, as that Arkansas game was winding down, it quickly dawned on me that there were a lot of people from Texas that wanted to come to Indianapolis that next weekend uh, because Houston had made the Final Four and Baylor had made the Final Four. So those flights got real expensive real fast, and I ended up uh, staying you know, for the week and hanging out in a hotel for a few extra days and 
it was a blast, man. What what a memory that that uh, whole experience was something that uh, I mean you'll never you know when we win the national championship this year, it's it's going to be incredible. But I don't know, it's just that first time. It's 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 pretty special, and that team was pretty special. So uh, just how dominant we were. So um, I, I dare this team to try to match it, and I hope they do. But uh, I don't know. Winning the national championship this year may not be as as fun as the first one. We'll we'll see. I'll let you know when when the time happens. I do think it would be fun in the sense that uh, a couple things there. Number one, actually, I think we're we're hearing about here is you are unlucky anytime you attend the first game in Kansas City, <laughs> and you are unlucky when you attend the first weekend of the NCAA tournament. Hey. But now you're not attending the first week of the NCAA yeah. tournament. Yeah, so buy your Louisville tickets, folks. There you go, baby. Yeah, this. Yeah. The second I, thing I'll say is uh, I was talking to one of my two of my buddies were in town today who I saw in Indianapolis after Baylor won the title, and I saw you. Yep. Um, at the uh, JW Marriott pretty late in the morning <laughs> slash evening, actually. And it was funny to see people because I had a lot of stuff still to kind of take care of at the arena. Right. And when I would see people, I'd be like, why is the party at the JW Marriott? Where is everybody? And they were like, well, the bars in Indianapolis all are all closed. Yes. And so it will be nice if Baylor wins the national title or, you know, wins the final four, or whatever else, to, at least in Houston. I don't think the bars close at midnight because of some weird rules they have. So that, that'll be a fun thing. So it will at least be a different experience if you travel to the national championship game that, you know, if it's midnight, you don't have to think we're going to Denny's. Yeah. We, we were drinking whiskey with um, some of uh, Scott Drew's lifelong friends in the JW Marriott lobby, uh, probably till like three in the morning or something like that. And then for some reason I, I called uh, Jared Hamby and it was only like one o'clock his time in California. And we probably talked for like an hour on the phone uh, after that happened. So uh, that, those were some great memories, man. It was, uh, you know, if, if you're a lifelong, you, you put it so well in the article that you wrote after this uh, Big 12 debacle that we had. Um, but, you know, the emotions of, of that whole national championship were just incredible. And every time you, you enter the tournament, it brings back those memories. And, you know, it was it was, it was a weird time just because of COVID and, you know, limited capacity, everyone's in a mask, you know, it's, it's, it just, you know, it wasn't normal. So you, you would love for these guys to experience what it would be like to, you know, 20,000 fans in the arena. And then when you move to those football stadiums, you know, 50, 60, 70,000, however many they, they fit in, the, in those things, uh, that would be pretty special. You know, if, if Baylor's able to do it, um, we'll see, you know, it's like we've said many, many times, this is a wide open field. And some of the top dogs, you know, potentially Houston with their Marcus Sasser injury and certainly UCLA with the Jalen Clark injury. I mean, there's some, uh, you know, nicks in the armor of some of these great teams. Uh, so anything's possible. You know, it's it's all one game. You don't have to win, uh, uh, you know, best of seven. I don't know if you knew this, uh, Kendall, but you, you just have to win one game each each time you play. But That's you do have to win six here. in a row. You do have to win six in a row. That that will never change. Uh, you know, someone flawed is going to win the NCAA tournament. Why not Baylor? Exactly. All right, let's let's uh, table this discussion for now, and we'll uh, come back and and revisit it after Baylor's win against uh, UC Santa Barbara. We'll be all excited. We'll be talking about the next matchup. Let's hope that happens. You've been listening to a Ring by Spring podcast. I think it's episode number eleven. Uh, with Ashley Hodge and Kendall Cal, Sick and Bears.